Hello everyone and welcome to Grace at Home. Well, it's the thing on everyone's mind. It's as though we've awakened to a whole new world, a new reality. It is a world gripped by fear and hopelessness. The coronavirus crisis is wreaking havoc in our culture and the fears are not just about running out of food or basic supplies or toilet paper, things like that. They run a lot deeper than that. In June of 2018, Chapman University did a study of the top fears of the American people. They discovered that among the top six fears people have are fear of someone I love becoming ill and the fear of someone I love dying. I think those fears are very present with our current crisis. A fourth grade Sunday school teacher began her class by asking the students, hey everybody, how many of you want to go to heaven? And everybody raised their hand except one little boy. She was shocked. She said, Johnny, don't you want to go to heaven when you die? He said, oh sure, when I die, I thought you were getting a busload to go right now. You know, we Christians talk a pretty good game about going to heaven, but the truth is, Many of us are still fearful of dying or the process of dying. And some unprincipled news people may feed on those fears and exploit them. As one news anchor said, if it bleeds, it leads. It seems the more spectacular and gruesome the story, the more we want to tune in. And so the fears now are very real. People are afraid their economy is going to collapse, their investments are going to be devalued, that crime will increase, that anarchy will reign, and they're certainly afraid that their own families' lives are in jeopardy. So where do we find hope in the midst of a crisis like this? The Bible says in Hebrews 6, 19, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast. I want to talk with you for these few moments together about how we can find hope in a crisis like this. The first step in finding hope in a crisis is to humble yourself before God. The Apostle Peter was writing to a people who were severely oppressed They were being driven underground and tested in all kinds of ways. And he said these words in 1 Peter 5, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time. You know, this should be a humbling season for all of us. I'm glad, personally, that last Sunday was a national day of prayer. And we need to pause as a nation, as a church, and as individuals at a time like this and just take inventory. We need to pray and seek God. The Apostle Paul even urges us, examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. Now, in my life, I've found that it's natural for people to ask questions at a time like this. Some people wonder, Did we bring this on in some way through our own irresponsibility or negligence? Or is this some sort of divine retribution God is bringing because of our sins or 
the way we've strayed from God as a nation? Listen, I believe those are genuine and good questions, but I want to be crystal clear in what I believe. I do not, I do not for a moment believe that this is some sort of divine retribution, some scourge that God has directly sent upon us as some punishment for sins. Not at all. Rather, I believe that this is simply one aspect of living in a broken, fallen world. Some of you listening right now, I don't know where you are on your journey, but you may not either share or be familiar with Christian theology. But this is, this is what the Bible teaches, that humanity fell ages and ages ago, and ever since then, all of us have been living with a world full of pain, physical, emotional, and relational chaos. All of that has been set in motion because of the fall of humanity into sin and rebellion. And we, you and I, today, are living with the results of that. But the reason we should humble ourselves is because there's a whole lot we can learn in times like this. I don't know about you, but the greatest lessons I've ever learned in life were when times were rather hard. Everybody wants prosperity. But listen, adversity is a much better teacher. It seems everybody wants to be on the mountaintop. I get it. I want to be on the mountaintop too. But can I be honest? I've learned more valuable lessons in the valley that I ever did on the mountaintop. So, a repentant, humble spirit is always the posture that we Christians need to have. Why is that? Because we realize God is God and we're not. We realize how far short we have fallen of His glory and of His standards, and we need to humbly, at a moment like this, more than ever, Ask Him to come and change us from the inside out, to literally renovate our souls. Oh, I love this passage in 2 Chronicles chapter 16. It says, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. Make no mistake, God is looking right now. God is looking for men and women and young people whose hearts are humble and who are committed to Him and His purposes. He wants to strengthen and exalt us. But if you want to find hope in a time like this, I would urge you secondly, and by the way, the first letter of each of the first words in these four statements literally spell the word hope. The H stands for humble. The O stands for offer. Offer yourself to God. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 6, Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God. Now, as many of you know, this is March Madness season. And typically at this time of year, I, along with millions of other Americans, would be immersed in basketball games, caught up in the frenzy and the excitement of March Madness. But guess, guess what? Everything's been canceled, right? It's amazing. And it's 
shocking to so many of us who love basketball and hockey and baseball and all these other sports, they've all been suspended or canceled. I have a pastor friend from Massachusetts who probably loves basketball as much as I do, and we were bumming when we first heard the tournament had been canceled. And he sent me a funny text after we first heard that all these basketball games weren't going to happen, and the text was entitled, Some Guy Humor. I found it really amusing. The text read, Day Two Without Sports. Found a lady sitting on my couch. Apparently, she's my wife. She seems nice. <laughs> you know what? We can be reminded at times like this that we can reconnect in very meaningful ways with the people we love the most. So as you offer yourself to God, that would be my first suggestion, that you do so by investing more relationally in the people that mean the most to you in this world. Husbands and wives, hey, take a walk together. Come on, your health club is closed anyway. Go out and get some exercise together. Have some meaningful conversations. Talk about those important topics or issues, those conversations you've been wanting to have, but life was just moving too fast. Invest in what is most important. Second, I want to encourage you to offer yourself to God by reaching out to people who are hurting. No, no, I'm not suggesting that you put yourself physically in danger. And we're in a mode of lockdown as of today. We're in a mode of uh, not being able to go out and about and live life the way we typically would. But I'm suggesting to you that this crisis is a wonderful game changer. God is going to teach us as Christ followers how we can still be the church full of life and Holy Spirit power even when we're not physically in the same space. And some of you may be wondering how you can contribute to people who've lost a job or their income is completely dried up or they need food to feed their kids right now. That's where Grace Fellowship is really ahead of the curve. We are partnering with at least a dozen local humanitarian aid partners through what we call Grace in Action. And with many of these organizations, we provide financial aid to help them serve people and meet practical needs like food, shelter, clothing. We also provide volunteers to serve with these organizations to help hurting people. And these partnerships we treasure. But I'll tell you what, they're more critical than ever right now. And we're going to continue to serve and give through these partners to make a difference out in the community externally, all around our region. We want to become more generous than ever, more compassionate and benevolent than ever during this crisis. I hope you'll join us in that. That's why we've set up a special fund called Special COVID-19 Fund. And there's an option right on our website's front page for those of you who want to give directly to help people impacted by this coronavirus. The great football coach Vince Lombardi once said, Character is not made in a crisis. It's only displayed there. 
Character is made through years of training, years of work. You can't take a cram course in character and pick it up. And this is a season where people's character is going to be displayed like never before. So offer yourself to God in a fresh and new way for however He wants to use you. So how do we find hope? Humble ourselves before God. Offer ourselves to God. And the third, that P in hope, stands for persevere in God. Did you know the Christian life is a persevering life? It really is. God has told us that the good work He started in us, He's going to carry it right on to completion to the very end. And God is a persevering God. When it comes to His purposes and plans in this world, nothing is going to thwart those. He does not fail. Our God perseveres. Now listen, He's called us to do the same no matter what happens to us. For many years now, one of my favorite passages that inspires me, especially when times are hard, is the Apostle Paul's words in 2 Corinthians 4. He said, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Does that feel like you today? Afflicted in every way? perplexed, confused, even struck down. Let me tell you what God is looking for. Men and women and young people, even in the midst of this crisis, who even though they feel struck down, are like that fighter that keeps on going. You get back up off the mat. You don't let it stop you. You continue to represent Jesus well, even in the midst of this crisis. Some of you may be thinking, hey, since we can't physically get together, does that mean that everything comes to a grinding halt? And the answer is, absolutely not. We're going to keep right on serving God. Can I tell you something that I find, find really interesting? We can do virtually every ministry we do now, virtually. Please hear that. We can do prayer online. Giving online, small groups online, youth ministry, we can do it online. Did you know we can worship online? We've been doing that today, right now, worshiping online. We can do counseling online and children's ministry online and coaching online, men's and women's ministry online, grief share, celebrate recovery, financial ministry, marriage ministry, it goes on and on and on. You get the idea. So let's persevere, because our God is a persevering God. You know, just this morning, I was looking at the 59 one-anothers in the Bible. There are 59 times where God tells us to do something with or for one another. Things like love one another, serve one another, counsel one another, encourage one another, be kind to one another, Spur one another on to love and good deeds. All these things. Now, some of them are repeated, but there are 59 times that we have these one another's. And here's what I discovered as I thought about it. You know what? Just about every one another in Scripture, we can do online. In fact, I, 
I thought of just three that we may not be able to literally do. One is washing each other's feet, giving each other a holy kiss, and being hospitable to one another. But you know what? Even those, we can kind of do the spirit of them if we really try. So we're going to keep on practicing the one another's of the Bible every way we possibly can. I also, by the way, want to urge you to persevere with your personal disciplines. You know, the Christians I know who run this race with excellence are the ones who have some personal spiritual habits that they stick with day in and day out. So if you have a personal devotional time with God each day, please stick with that. You need that now more than ever. Or if you have a Bible study discipline, where maybe you're reading through the Bible in a year, or internalizing scripture, keep on doing it during these days. If you journal, or meditate, or fast, or serve in some way as a spiritual discipline, I strongly urge you to persevere. God is going to use those disciplines to strengthen your character, to bolster your faith, and to help you mature during these days. So humble yourself before God. Offer yourself to God. Persevere in God. But what is that final letter of hope that we all need? Here it is. Expect great things from God. I tell you, in spite of all the difficulties, this is the best moment the church has ever had. This is a time for Christians to demonstrate the love of Christ and be faithful and steadfast to Him. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And let me say it again, although we're not physically meeting in our buildings, we are doing every ministry we possibly can do online. Please hear me. We're doing prayer online, small groups online. Many of our leaders are using a platform called Zoom. Some of you have used that technology. It is so, you know what? You can have a pajama party if you want to and never leave your homes. This is exciting stuff. And Leaders are going to be opening up God's Word. I urge you to look online and look for some of these videos that will be available where we're going to open up God's Word and have little Bible studies. Your small group leaders are going to provide that for you, many of them, as we gather around God's Word. We're going to keep on worshiping and preaching online every week as God does amazing things among us. We're going to continue giving tithes and offerings as well. And we're doing everything we possibly can to keep ministering to one another and to anyone in need in the name of Jesus Christ. And we're doing it online. Now here's what to me is very exciting. I believe people's hearts are more open at a time like this to God than ever. You know, in the fall of 1854, a huge cholera epidemic hit the city of London where a young Charles Spurgeon had just started pastoring. And Spurgeon and his leaders continued to reach out and help hurting people. And 
It was amazing what God did. Later, in looking back on those days, Spurgeon wrote something that is very touching to me. Let me, let me read it to you. In looking back, he said, If there ever be a time when the mind is sensitive, it is when death is abroad. I recollect, he wrote, when first I came to London, how anxiously people listened to the gospel, for the cholera was raging terribly. There was little scoffing then. I believe you and I live in a time very much like that. I believe this is a time when people's hearts are going to be open to God. And I believe we're going to come through this coronavirus crisis stronger as a church than we were before. When we talk about these days, and we will talk about them for the rest of our lives, trust me, we're going to say, hey, do you remember? Do you remember when we met strictly online for a number of weeks? Man, those were great days. God did so many wonderful things. And some of you are going to say, you know what? You're right. That's when my brother was saved. That's when God worked in my family in a marvelous way. That's when I was deepened in my own walk with Christ like I never was before. Those were the most special days for Grace Fellowship. I grew deeper and went further than I ever imagined. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. God is going to provide a way for you to stand up and I dare say even flourish under all of this. I know some of you feel overwhelmed right now. You feel like you can't get through this, but God has everything you need, and He's working right now for your good and His glory. Parents, when you're about to go to a ball game or some big event with your small children, very young, you probably keep that child's ticket in your pocket until you get right at the gate and you do that because you don't want your child to lose or misplace the ticket. And so you wait, you wait until you're right at the gate and they actually need the ticket. And you may say, hey, here's your ticket. I believe that God does that with his children. He's got plenty of strength in reserve. When the pressure is on, he promises to grant comfort and strength to boost you and give you all you need. And over and over again, Christians have discovered that in the moment of deepest need, they sense a power coming over them greater than they could have imagined. God is going to do that for you, I believe, in these days of crisis. So let's expect great things from God. Oh, I'm going to say it again. We're going to come through this coronavirus crisis stronger and healthier as a church than we've ever been. Now, we started with a very special scripture today. In the midst of a time of anxiety and gripping fear, God invites true believers to do this. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, 
that he may exalt you at the proper time. Casting all your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. Yes, we live in fearful times, but I want you to know God cares for you. And when you're filled with hope, you have the ability to be a non-anxious presence in the midst of people who may be freaking out all around you. You can help calm the fears of others. If people in your small group as you meet online start sounding like doomsday is coming, you can be a non-anxious presence in that community online. Perhaps you can even remind them of some of the amazing encouragement we get in Scripture where the psalmist said, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. I want you to remember that today. Whoever you are, God deeply cares for you. He loves you just as you are right now. And I'm convinced he wants to do some really special things in your life through this season of crisis. But we've got to remember and practice these things. It spells hope. Humble yourself before God. Offer yourself to God. Persevere in God. And finally, expect great things from God. That is a great formula for finding hope in a crisis. Would you pray with me, please? I want to pray today, Father, for that single parent who feels overwhelmed and is wondering how he or she is ever going to make ends meet. Would you encourage their heart today and provide practical resources for them? Father, I want to pray for that elderly person who feels isolated and alone. Maybe technology seems foreign to them, and even though they, they found this service today online, they feel very fearful in these days. They're wondering about their own health and if they should contract this virus. What's going to happen? Father, I ask that you'd give them courage in the midst of the crisis, that you would bolster their faith, and Father, bring people around, even if it's virtually for the most part, who can encourage and strengthen them. And Father, I, I pray for those today who are feeling hopeless. Where's all this going? And what does all this mean? I pray that you would infuse their souls, Lord, with a deep sense of hope. Let them know that you love them in the midst of all this calamity and that you indeed, even through this, are working for their good and your glory. And I pray, O oh Lord, that your people would shine like never before in moments like this and that you would get all the glory, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.